Well, hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and each week on this podcast, I give adults 50 plus the knowledge, tips, and strategies they need to get healthy, lose weight, and prevent disease. Today, I'm talking about breaking bad habits and what specifically you need to change so that you aren't relying on your self-control or your motivation to break a bad habit. This information can be very applicable to any bad habit, but in this episode, I'll be giving you practical advice for breaking a sugar habit. There is a special freebie for today's episode that you can grab at reshapept.com forward slash three download. That's the number three download. It's a PDF of my favorite go-to low sugar breakfast recipes to keep you feeling full and satisfied all the way until lunch. I know you have a lot of listening options and I really do appreciate you tuning in. If you find value in this podcast, it would mean a lot to me if you would click the subscribe button and leave a review on iTunes. This helps the podcast get seen by and in turn help as many people as possible. I'm excited about the tips and strategies to eat less sugar at the end of this episode, so let's go ahead and get started with a big picture overview of what I'm talking about today. First, I'll talk about why self-control is a short-term, not long-term solution to break a bad habit or start a good habit. Next, you will learn the framework James Clear outlines in his book, Atomic Habits, to start a good habit or break a bad habit. I highly encourage you go purchase this book as the information I discuss will make more sense within the context of his writing. I've put a link to that book in the show notes. Just go to reshapept.com forward slash blog forward slash three, the number three. The third point you will learn is where to prioritize your efforts when you do have that initial motivation so that when it fades, you have a better chance of following through on your good intentions. Lastly, I'm going to give you five unique, simple, and effective tips to break a sugar habit. Lastly, I'm going to give you five unique, simple, and effective tips to break a sugar habit. How you structure your environment can make a big difference in how much sugar you eat. One of the first things I look at when assessing a client's nutrition is the amount of added sugar they eat. The American Heart Association recommends women have no more than 24 grams and men have no more than 36 grams of added sugar in any given day. You may be shocked to learn how much sugar is hidden in foods. Even foods that you think are healthy because of attractive packaging can be loaded with added sugar. For example, a white chocolate macadamia cliff energy bar has about as much sugar as a Snickers bar. And two tablespoons of Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce has 16 grams of sugar. Just this week, one of my course members posted a screenshot of the nutritional information for her former favorite iced coffee drink, and it had 113 grams of sugar in it. Talk about a surefire way to sabotage any weight loss efforts. That's over four days worth of added sugar in just one drink. One easy way to know if you have a real sugar problem is if you crave sugary or sweet foods most of the day. The more sugar you have, the more you will want it. If there is sugar hiding in all of your food, it's no wonder that you continue to want more and more of it throughout the day. Another way to know if you're eating too much sugar is to look at your weight and your blood work. 
often excess sugar for a long time will contribute to excess weight, higher blood pressure, blood sugars, and cholesterol levels. My guess is that everyone listening to this episode has room to improve in their sugar intake, so I hope that you find my tips at the end valuable and helpful to eat less of it. Let's get started with today's content and first talk about why self-control is a short-term, not long-term solution to break a bad habit or start a good habit. When I think of the term self-control, I typically relate that to trying to stop myself from doing something that I know I shouldn't be doing or making myself do something that I know I should. Common examples in my own life would be eating a piece of candy here and there, being sure that I get to bed on time, or getting my exercises done for the week. Your self-control is usually like willpower. It fades quickly, and it's not a reliable means to use for habit change. As James Clear says in Atomic Habits, self-control is a short-term strategy, not a long-term one. You will be able to resist the cookie on the counter once or twice, but if they've been there long enough, you will likely eat it. Another example would be trying to avoid the tortilla chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant. You can likely hold off for a few minutes, but eventually their crispy deliciousness keeps calling your name and you give in. We are trying to use self-control to change our habits, but this is not what we should be doing. Instead, one helpful strategy is to restructure your environment so that you're not tempted to use self-control in the first place. That brings me to point number two. Next, I'm going to give you a big picture context for habit change as outlined in Atomic Habits. Again, I would grab the book and read it in full to get a better context applicable to whatever situation you're going through right now. James Clear outlines in his book a framework to make good habits or to break bad habits. These laws make even more sense, again, when you have the full context of his writing, but I thought a brief overview here would be appropriate. There's four main laws to create a good habit. Law number one is make it obvious. The second is make it attractive. The third is make it easy. And the fourth is make it satisfying. To break a bad habit, just use the inverse of those rules. So the first law to break a bad habit would be to make it invisible. Next, make it unattractive. Number three is make it difficult. And lastly, make it unsatisfying. To change a bad habit, change your environment. This definitely plays into law number one, to break a bad habit of making it invisible, or law number three, making it difficult. One of the most practical ways to eliminate a bad habit is to cut the exposure to the cue that causes it. This is true for any bad habit, smoking, sugar, drinking too much, eating crap you know you shouldn't. Think about how you can restructure your environment to reduce your cue in the first place. Now, the cue would be the thing that makes you want to do the bad habit. The rest of this post will focus on how to reduce your sugar intake. And the phrase out of sight, out of mind is definitely true. 
I got a bunch of Christmas candy this year and I just put it in the back of my pantry and I haven't even thought about it until I'm rummaging around and I see it. And then all of a sudden that sounds good. So remember, the first law to break a bad habit is make it invisible. So if you have not already, get that Christmas candy out of your house. And if you have family members that still like the candy, at least move it to a different, less obvious place in your house so that you have to think before you automatically go to where the candy normally is to get a piece. That little amount of time can be just enough to bring your goal to the forefront of your mind and say, oh wait, I don't actually want that candy. If you're tempted to buy sweets or ice cream at the grocery store, try to avoid that aisle altogether or try shopping at a different store. Sometimes just changing up your routine will make you more mindful to just go in and get the things that were on your list. Shopping at new stores also plays into the law number three of how to break a bad habit by making it difficult because you don't inherently know where your favorite ice cream is and you have to take some extra time to go looking for it. Next, I want you to consider arranging your foods differently in your pantry or fridge. Move the unhealthy food to the back or to a really high or really low area where you're not very likely to see it and move the healthy food front and center. If your fruit and vegetables are in the crisper drawer and you're not eating them and they're going bad, take them out of the drawer and put them at eye level in the refrigerator. So every time you open it up, your brain sees the healthy options first. Another quick tip regarding how you store your food is to turn the food labels to the front. I bet you've never thought about how you put away your barbecue sauce in the fridge. Remember how I said earlier that a single serving of Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce has 16 grams of added sugar? Well, seeing the label before you see the pretty packaging on the front will make it more likely that you consider what's actually in the food that you're about to eat. And that may just give you enough pause to eat less of it or not eat it at all. I also want you to try to find alternatives. One of the most practical things that you can do when trying to eat less sugar is just to find a healthier alternative that's still satisfying. Just remember to consider artificial sweeteners like sugar. A lot of them will still raise your insulin levels and thus keep your set weight up. So try to use artificial sweeteners sparingly or not very often. If you are used to eating pancakes or waffles, oatmeal, toast, or cereal, etc. for breakfast, and wonder why you're hungry mid-morning and you might be craving sweets, it's because a lot of what was in your breakfast was refined and, and processed starches and sugars. And the more sugar that you have, the more you will want. So I want you to consider healthier breakfast options that have more protein, more healthy fat, and more fiber. Those nutrients are going to help keep you full and satisfied until lunch a lot more than those processed and refined carbohydrates and sugars. That's why the freebie for today's episode are my favorite go-to easy, low-sugar breakfast recipes. And again, you can find that at reshapept.com forward slash three download. Okay, let's wrap up today and review the main points. First, I talked about why self-control is a short-term, not long-term solution to break a bad habit or start a good habit. 
Next, I quickly reviewed the framework that James Clear outlines in his book, Atomic Habits, to start a good habit or break a bad habit. To create a good habit, you want to make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. To break a bad habit, you want to make it invisible, make it unattractive, make it difficult, and make it unsatisfying. The third point was to focus more of your efforts on changing your environment so that you don't need to use your self-control so often. These changes to your environment will also serve you when that initial motivation to lose weight subsides. Lastly, I gave you five tips to break a sugar habit that were all related to restructuring your environment or your normal routines. Remember, go download that freebie. It's a good one this week. Some of the recipes I share are my chia seed pudding, a couple of my go-to smoothies, some delicious and decadent chocolate, peanut butter, and coconut scones, and I explain how I like to do my egg scrambles to get more protein and fiber. I want you to take action about what we talked about today. So try to pick one of the five strategies to eat less sugar and give it a go. Go download my freebie and try a new recipe and let me know what you think. You can always message me on Facebook or Instagram at Reshape Physical Therapy. As always, it means so much that you tune in and listen to this podcast. I love getting to spend time with you each week, and I hope that you're finding the information on here valuable and helpful and inspirational. Next week, I have a fun episode for those of you having a tough time sticking to your exercise plan. I'll give you three surefire strategies to make it more likely that you will make it to the gym. Regular exercise is part of a healthy lifestyle, and it's been shown to help prevent all sorts of chronic diseases. My favorite part about exercise would be the endorphins or the feel-good hormones that are released when you exercise, leaving you just more lighthearted, less worried, and less stressed afterwards. Often people are exercising in the form of cardio, like walking, jazzercising, or doing water aerobics. But when I encourage them to start a strength or flexibility program, that's when I start to see that it becomes harder for them to follow through. So I wanted to address that next week. I hope you tune in at the same time and same place. Bye for now.